listening to What the Truck. Welcome back to What the Truck, man. We were we just had episode 200, and then uh, like in the life cycle of a fly, it's already 201. We're gonna hit 400 by the end of the week at this rate, bro. Hey, I, I realized why. I realized why Peloton. We were talking about Peloton a lot. We're getting. Yeah, why was great... that in our head? Why was? So, it, why... Okay, I'll tell you why. So Lochor does this icebreaker, right? They uh-huh. were doing an icebreaker uh, at halftime during lunchtime. Johnny McCord, CEO. And founder at Loadshore was in that icebreaker. And I asked him what his hobby's been during the lockdown because we were talking about movies. And he gotcha. says, uh, riding my Peloton. Oh, <laughs> riding. I thought maybe he was going around and, and, and putting them together for people. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's talk to him about it. Johnny McCord <laughs> is here with us. Johnny McCord is the CEO and founder at Loadshore. Johnny, how's that Peloton treating you, Buster? Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, sorry. I, I seem to have uh, started a bit of a. Uh, a topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, there's a common thread going right now. Yeah. We're, all, we're all feeling guilty about our, our uh, I don't know, our exercise velocity. Oh, well, it was either one way or another for me. And, uh, yeah, the Peloton was put in front of me by my wife. So uh, I decided go. to take the orders. <laughs> <laughs> now, Johnny, you may not know this, but my, my dad was in the world of insurance for all my life, for uh, most of his life. Uh, he basically brought maritime insurance to the Boston area and talked about the importance of that to people. And he also visited a place called Lloyd's of London at one time. Uh, I heard that you are the only new Lloyd's MGA in 2019. First of all, people don't know what that means. What does that mean? And why why is that? Um. Yes, yeah, so uh, Lloyds of London, uh, probably the oldest insurance market in the world, um, and uh, it's in 2018 went through some you know bit of remedial action, uh, negative results, etc. And uh, you know there are certain classes of business that were were looked at um, and scrutinised and. Yeah, the, the market hardened suddenly, and it was very hard to become a uh, MGA of Lloyd's. And uh, somehow, um, I think the robust uh, business plan and operating model that we have using technology, you know, data-driven underwriting, enabled us to uh, get our business plan through, and we were um, awarded with cover holder status in 2019. So very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. That's how about a little? Ca- how about yeah, a little? How about a little cowbell for uh, for Johnny and yeah. for the closed captioning audience? <laughs> yeah, strikes cowbell with fury is the closed caption presented by Transfix. By the way, yes. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Lloyd's London, uh, Johnny, except that um, you can't get an insurance policy for your fingers if you play the bass, and you only want like ten dollars on that insurance policy, right? Yeah. But and they're three hundred year old institution as well, but. So my question is this, is how are they innovating and embracing your evolution in, uh, you know, evolution in insurance? Yeah, I think, you know, as I mentioned, it's a, a 300 old uh, institution. Um, it's, it's served many industries incredibly well for an incredibly long time. Um, technology and digitalization has really come into every single industry. Um, I'd say that insurance has been relatively slow in adapting to that um, until recently. And I've got to admit, because we were part of what um, 
they call the Lloyd's Lab. It's a uh, incubator, um, and they bring technology and uh, digitalization to the forefront of the industry. And we were one of the sort of 200 plus candidates that uh, got selected. Uh, we were one of 12 um, to go through that process. And the future of Lloyd's is very much about digitalization. Areas that can be digitalized um, will be digitalized and bringing more efficiency and effectiveness to, to the market, but ultimately the end user. And that's what's so important because the rising cost of insurance um, is a massive pain point to a lot of industries. Johnny, one of the things that used to drive me nuts when I was working for a 3PL doing international freight was we had marine cargo insurance. It was cheap, and a lot of times you would have you would have shippers who would go, "Nah, I don't need it. I don't. I don't need it." Like they'd never heard of General Average before. Johnny, yeah. why are so many shipments un, uninsured or underinsured? This also happens a lot across a lot of the sea terms, Michael Vincent, yeah. where they rely on the insurance that's coming from from a sea term provider. That's an Inco term for yeah, uh, for right. those of you out there. Yeah, I think a lot of it um, is a, a lack of understanding um, and, you know, a carrier's liability policy, how ultimately that responds. Um, and, you know, a liability policy is there. You know, it, it's, it tends to be limited liability, um, but it is sold as a, you know, for example, a cargo policy, um, and people seem to you know sit comfortably with having that cargo policy until that claim occurs. But also, there's never really been a sort of a cost-effective way of selling insurance, um, other than you know large annual covers. Um, there's never been that granular way of buying pay-as-you-go insurance, um, and I think you know that that's what technology allowed us to do is to be able to underwrite at that granular level, reduce the human involvement, reduce the costs that uh, that human input gives to that overall premium. And therefore, with, with technology, we are now able to provide a far more pragmatic solution, you know, providing insurance when you need it, not if you need it. And, you know, it's it's the way that you know insurance is catching up with the rest of the industries that are digitalizing. Yeah, those are all great innovations and a, and a great and a great point. And I'll echo you know in, in my my time in, in maritime, nobody knew or cared about insurance until something happened, <laughs> right a, after the fact. And it's like, like fifteen cents on a hundred. You know, most yeah, of these policy it, prices, it's not exorbitant amounts of prices, yeah, but the cost crazy. of of damage can be. And I think one of the biggest misunderstandings that shippers had was they were like, "Oh, I have ocean coverage." It's like, yes, but yeah, you're not covered but, from the port to the warehouse. Yeah. you need some kind of umbrella policy that's going to get yeah, you in there. Exactly. You want. You want door-to-door coverage and yeah. uh, you want that peace of mind. And ultimately, you don't. You want to be able to to settle or receive settlement as quickly as possible. And the way that we're bringing our product to market is providing that digital end-to-end solution. So it's not just the purchase process, it's also the settlement process. So who are the players that this solves uh, issues for? Um, so it's, you know, brokers, shippers, carriers, um, you know, it's, it's a product that it's available to, to, to all really, um, we're here to reduce the cost of insurance, you know, annual covers, uh, you know, 
very time consuming to to purchase um and you know they're they're not always the most economic thing or vehicle out there to to use but um you know we've we've been able to develop this pay-as-you-go solution um that reduces uh the time that you need to purchase the insurance but also uh reduces that labor intensive claims process as well on the back end you know not having to wait 120 days potentially to receive a claim settlement you know our, our automated claim system will allow you know majority of claims to to be settled in in real time you know not not months not days but potentially minutes um so you know we we are providing that peace of mind to the transportation industry johnny before we let you go before we go into a break here where do people go to learn more about loadshore and then i have one follow-up question after that yeah um obviously uh through through our websites is uh, the first point um you know uh, our product is sold through through integrations to your preferred marketplaces, whether that be your load board, TMS, um, or or your your digital uh, supply chain network. Um, we're there. We're we're integrating. If we aren't there, then ask your ask your platform to to utilize our product, and we can get it integrated as quickly as possible. Perfect. And Johnny, what's the longest you've ridden on that Peloton? <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's 60 minutes is the most. Okay, but, uh, nice hour, Iron Man. <laughs> wow. It's the Iron Man run. Hey, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for sponsoring that Icebreakers. Catch Icebreakers after the show and network. Talk to us. We'll all be there. It's going to be a great time. We really appreciate it. Thank when you, we Johnny. come Thanks back. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to one of our favorite guests, the wonderful Hope White. She's got a background in Home Depot. She started HD White Logistics. It's all wonderful stuff. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsor at truckstop.com. We're in it for the long haul. Our marketplace helps drive the success of the entire freight industry by giving carriers and brokers an efficient way to collaborate with access to trusted partners and the right tools. The road to success is wide open. Truckstop.com. Go there right now. Let's move. Let's move. Stick with us. Back to What the Truck. Thank you for sticking with us. Michael Vincent and I, we are so happy to, we're so happy we met our next guest. But oh, we, absolutely. She started to become a regular. She was on the Driving Diversity Special. She's, awesome. She's been on a number of What the Trucks so far. I yeah. love this woman. Her name is Hope White. She is. Can I say yes. one thing? Yeah. If you got that weight, let us move your freight. That's their slogan. That's what she said. And, uh, that's their slogan. And you know what? She's going to have to if I stay off that Peloton any longer. It's becoming more and more relevant. She's going to issue you some overweight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dimensional freight. All right. right. Hey, Hope, what's up, girl? Hey, what's up, Donut? How y'all doing? Doing her and a dude. Great, Hope. I love great. two things about Hope. First of all, she's got, she's got a shirt with a logo that, that looks almost exactly like the What the Truck logo. She's got the black and the red color scheme, but her hair matches the show today, too. So I, I love it. A little cowbell all around for Hope. By the way, people don't know. I mentioned she used to work at Home Depot, so I'm going to quiz you on Home Depot real oh, quick, oh, oh, Hope. So I, think, I got three questions oh, oh. for you. You think you can get them? Okay. All right. First all right, of all, right, where, all right. Where was Home Depot founded? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yeah. All right. Point one. Wow. Come on. That was easy. All right. All right. All right. Do you know what one. year? <laughs> That's just a bonus one. It's 1978. That's a little oh, tougher. what year? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, right. when? I said where? 
Oh, when? No, she's like, you already asked me that. Yeah. He's, got, he's got no memory. Atlanta, Georgia again? <laughs> okay, the second one is what is the, so the average square footage size of a Home Depot is 105,000 square feet. But what is the largest Home Depot store in the United States? Non-donor. I don't have a clue. 247,353 Union, feet. New Jersey, 225,000 oh, square so feet. Oh, donor. <laughs> I had it. You're still an expert in my book. You're still an expert on the orange in my oh, book. Oh, I do have it. It's in my show notes, and I missed it. I know. Like, he even had the answer, <laughs> Hope. I you know. Hope, I'm not, uh, not even paying you attention. You ready for me. Let's hey, move Oh, I, I mentioned that driving diversity special that we did, and we came in near the end. We wanted a little bit more time to talk about it. And we're like, you know what? We're going to take this conversation to the 3PL Summit. It's desperately needed. And one of the things you wanted to talk about was doing business with diverse 3PL suppliers. Tell us a little bit about that. So um, given the current climate and, and the uh, new conversations of wanting to find out where companies are doing the diverse spin, I think it's very much time that we have some actionable items now to do business with diverse suppliers. Um, we've had enough conversations. Those people have been put in place to do business with us, like your diversity teams. But where are the action items that need to take place now for us to actually bring in those diverse suppliers? That come, Those steps need to start being taken. That makes perfect sense. You know, we had a show on. I had a, our, our friend on Sherman Barnes, who's head of global marketing and sales at, oh, he was at Trio Logistics, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Ex- excellent guest. Excellent guest. And one of the things that his his take on it, and they're an MBE, Trio Logistics is. And mm-hmm. one of the things that he put out there was twofold. One, if you're looking for the, for the minority-owned and, and diversifying your suppliers, make sure you're pulling not just one that is minority-owned, but quality. And if you are one of these MBEs, Make sure that you are quality. And I thought that spoke volumes. you have thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I do, which Duner has mentioned a couple times before, is I do consultation at HopeWhiteConsulting.com. And part of my role is to ensure that other minority suppliers are, are setting themselves up for success as far as coming to the table with the right insurance and requirements to do business with some of the supply chains. But at the same time of us spending the money and doing whatever it takes to get qualified to do business, we still need those supply chain companies to be uh, more apt to doing business with us and not just letting us meet the requirements to be in a database. Yeah, for- that's exactly what he was talking about. Don't be a database figure. Oh, okay. So, right. so, so- Provide the action. Provide the quality. Well, so Hope, here's a, here's a question. Are, are you doing a disservice to just use any minority-owned company because you could be supporting some bad ones that give everyone else a, a bad name? Because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this, like, I'd love to do more business with, uh, with more diverse suppliers or whatnot. I just don't know exactly how to find them. How do they go about doing that? So it's the same way you found the non-diverse suppliers. Um, diverse suppliers are knocking on your door, if not as heavier. Um, but we, our eyes blind to diverse suppliers. Um, myself personally, some of the things I've faced is knocking on large corporations. Is I'm asked for more requirements, like reporting my earnings, providing credit reports. So it's almost like it's a disqualification when diverse suppliers present themselves. Um, Social media is a good platform. Um, creating an or do a reverse, create an environment where diverse suppliers can come to you to, as a supplier and be comfortable with advertising themselves as who they are, as who they are, and what they bring to the table. 
Yeah, ex- excellent advice. You know, those those different requirements that are there. It's going to help weed out those those that maybe may cause people to shy. Right. Right. Because yeah. there's right. those that'll they'll hang that MBE out there just to get business and and what be the quality provider and and that right. builds trusts and that and that, right. and that builds it easier to find those qualified partners. Right. Right. Well, we, you do have organizations such as WeBank, which I'm a part of, Georgia Minority Supply Diversity Council, who bring in thousands of diverse suppliers for corporates to research and, and want to partner with. Um, I went through a intense interview process, uh, intense, um, I guess you can say qualification process. And those organizations and the SBA are all housing diverse suppliers. It's just a matter of us, the corporates being honest about who they truly want to spend that diverse span with. Hope, our town hall keynote speaker, Bradley Jacobs, he spoke to them recently adding a chief diversity officer. This is someone in the C-suite whose entire goal is to make sure the company is making the right decisions. Is this a step in the right direction? Yes, it's a step in the right direction, Dooner. However, that step was made five to 10 years ago. Mm. And diversity officers have been in place for a while. After you've made that step, what is next? Don't just put us in a role to say, hey, I met that quota, so now we're playing ball with diverse suppliers. Actually, let me see your numbers of what diverse suppliers you're doing business with, and I guarantee you it won't match the promise that they have made. Uh. Yeah, I'm hearing the message loud and clear. Yeah, right? I mean, loud and clear. Don't don't just talk to talk. You got to walk the walk as well, right? I mean, to coin a phrase, right? Exactly. You can write that down. I'm going to exactly. trademark that later because that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> then you put someone in the bureaucracy whose whose job is to shuffle papers around, but they're not really doing anything. So, oh, you're saying clear out the smoke screens and and make some real action. Um, yeah. Are there companies that that you admire who are doing that right now? Yeah, so definitely um, I've partnered with Spartan Nash. Um, Georgia Power is one of those companies that's clearing that that walk. And also Walt Disney. Uh, Walt Disney reached out to me and, and oh, wow. expressed how they're interested in doing business with diverse suppliers. So, yeah, there are some big companies that are really stepping up to the plate to show those actionable items. But then you still have a wealth and Lowe's. I know Lowe's has taken a very strong initiative. Marvin Ellison over there has taken a really strong initiative to play ball with diverse suppliers. Now, Hope, Michael Vincent and I, we actually started, I, I brought him on as a co-host because of a debate we had, because we disagreed with each other about Frozen 2. Now, you mentioned Disney. <laughs> Have you seen Frozen 2 yet? Do you think it's a good movie? Listen, oh I haven't seen Frozen 1. Okay? Oh, okay. So, All right. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do yourself a favor, Hope. I'm a Jetsons and Flintstone girl. Oh, oh there we you go. are. All right. Barney Rubble. Jane. Barney Rubble, right. <laughs> Get me off this crazy thing called life. Hey, Hope, what, what's next for you as, as we move through this summer? As we, as we just, we're getting in the dog days here. So we've pivoted, of course, to consultation with helping those minority diverse suppliers get ready, business ready to uh, do business with larger supply chains. And we've also pivoted our our logistics company into supporting the Georgia Port Authority with warehousing and cross-docking. So we're doing quite a bit over here. We've opened a second location in South Georgia. Um, So we're really excited to support and we're really ready for the new business that's coming in. to Georgia to support that.
Well, great. Yeah, hope, I hope awesome. I hope I hope we all can get our collective heads together, get get this uh, get this COVID nineteen under control, so you can come up here, come to our studio, and sit next to us instead of being over there Amen. on Skype. Oh, I gotta get my hair all the way done to come up there. All, all, the, all the way yeah, done. No CGI. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get rid of that body double. We need to meet the real Hope White. Yeah. 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 All right. Get, get this- Get this COVID fluff off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's send them to your website after the show. Where do they go? HDWhiteLogistics.com or HopeWhiteConsulting.com. We love it. Thank you so much, Hope. Absolutely awesome. When we come Thank back you, from Hope. the break, Thank we're going to be talking to Helly Evans, VP of Sales at Triumph Pay. Stick with us. Go get a drink. We'll be back in two. Wow, Michael Vincent, it's the final segment of What the Truck here. We're excited to bring our next guest on, though. Speaking of let's move, someone who is moving, it's Helly Evans, <laughs> VP of Sales at Triumph Pay. I was talking to her on the Slack channel. If you're not on the Slack channel, you're not living life the right way. <laughs> Helly Evans, what's going on? There she is. Hey, guys. How are you? So happy to be here. We're doing so, great. Don't forget to pack that picture on the wall behind you when well, you move. D- oh, yeah. Dude, I got to tell you, when I moved here from Chattanooga a year ago with my wife, yeah. it, it's amazing. We were in the same place. As long as I've been in a place for, for decades was uh, when I was in that house. It was for five years. And it's amazing how much junk you accumulate. I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to leave it all behind, even get a new identity. <laughs> I understand that. I have yeah. a rule. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, please. Go, no, go ahead, over Haley. it, Haley. I was going to say, the picture on the wall, actually, to hang it back up because I was like, I need something pretty behind me. So we had packed it and I had to unpack it put it back up. So this is just for you guys. Oh, well, we really appreciate it. We like it. We like it when people gussy up a little bit. For my, the, rule, uh, my rule, and I've moved many, many times being in the logistics industry, but my rule has always been that when I go to move, if I find a box and I haven't opened it since the last time I moved, I don't yeah. even open it. I just throw it away. Yeah. There's nothing good in there. Get it. Didn't need it for Unless last. Unless it's like grandma's ashes or something. Well, oh. that could be where those went. Oh. Haley, we saw a lot of demos today. Triumph Pay has done demos. All these kind of Triumph has done plenty of demos before, especially at FreightWaves events. But my question is, what makes a good and compelling demo? Well, we should know by now. I've done four demos yeah. with you guys. And <laughs> yeah. They've always been great. So you always kind of you learn from each demo, right? Like what worked, what didn't, what resonated. The feedback is really great to hear. So um, we like as we were building a product, you know, you want to demo what you're actually building. So I think, you know, talking about those keywords that you're hearing from people and their key concerns. So you can kind of you can talk through that. And it's a great way to get your message to many people at one time who all have are kind of working through the same issues. Yeah, those are excellent, solid points. And and one of the things that we're talking about with all this innovation and the different demos, what they were they were showing, was really removing as as Dooner you put it out as well, moving friction, moving yeah. those hurdles in in ease of doing business, et cetera. And you guys have been able to do that through some of your integrations, et, et cetera. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I'm relatively new to this industry. When I came in, um, you know, late last year, I saw like all these different problems and innovations. And with that, you have all these different companies who are working on very specific problems and different things, um, which is really great. But then they start to be kind of become kind of disjointed. Well, if I bring on this technology platform, does it work with this other one that I'm that I'm talking to? And how much is my tech team going to have to work to really onboard all of these? So um, over the last year, we, we pursued integrations with RMIS, with insurance, so um, in my carrier packet. So all of that works together with a lot of the TMSs. So we integrate seamlessly with your TMS. And we recently started working with Hubtran and Transflow. So paperwork flows e- uh, seamlessly. So when we were thinking about payments and wanting to solve the problem for payments, we didn't want to just 
add another system that brokers have to go to, but really trying to tie all these great tools together. Now, Haley, speaking of tying things together, I want to tie this interview back to March, right? And it was at the beginning of COVID, and you had the free quick pay solution. What was the impact of that on brokers and carriers? Yeah, so we saw, um, you know, a lot of brokers and carriers, a lot of bro- are like carriers carrying a lot of freight, and then we saw a, a freight cliff. And so we were trying to support carriers who were out there. You saw this huge shift of people going to work from home, but carriers can't work from home. So along with our brokers, we really wanted to support them. And so together with a handful of our brokers on the platform, we offered free quick pay. And and that was um, one to, to support carriers. Hey, get your cash quickly, and you don't have to pay for it. So a lot of carriers did take advantage of that. Um, and, you know, so one, it helps them get their cash quickly Two, you know, it let them learn more about Triumph Pay and connect them back directly with their broker. And then three, they really saw the benefit. And a lot of them continued to stay on quick pay when we did reintroduce those rates. And they were like, oh, this is actually an affordable ter- uh, financing. I, I do like to get my, my payment terms early. So it was a win, 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 win for everyone. So those are excellent options, but talk to me about, uh, I believe, extended standard pay and what those terms are. Yeah, increasing cash flow, right? I mean, that that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so along with that, you know, that was a benefit that we offered to carriers. And as carriers, you know, need cash quickly, we also saw shippers pushing their payment terms out, right, to 60, 90 days. I mean, retail was just hit really, really hard. So you've got carriers who want to get paid on day one, shippers who want to pay you on day 60 or 90. I mean, how do you, as a broker, how do you make that difference in your cash flow? So we, we came out with extended liquidity where we're like, hey, brokers, we can help you kind of bridge the gap in terms of your payment terms. And so that was something that brokers really liked and they took advantage of then. And it was something we decided to add to our product offering moving forward. This is this really all comes down to getting information, invoices to people quickly, right? With 50 percent of payments being factored, the quicker you can get that, that, that paperwork to whomever it needs to get to and approve, the quicker you get paid. Um, talk a little bit about connecting brokers with their carriers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like what you said, you know, 50% of carriers are factoring. And so what that tells us is they want access to early payment terms. And if you as a broker don't have a quick pay program, they're going to factor. But if you do, you know, they're more incentivized to to come and work with you. Now, the difference is factors can pay really, really quickly. And for brokers, you know, you have to approve the paperwork. Um, so that, you know, extends the time frame a little bit. So in working with Hubtran, you know, you saw in my demo earlier, and if you didn't see it, you know, go to our booth and check it out. Um, you saw that a carrier can submit from the road, um, and then it goes into Hubtran. It takes a couple clicks to approve, and then that goes to the TMS and back to our system. So we really are, you know, expediting how you know how long it takes to process paperwork to get closer and closer to those real time payments. Yeah. So you also have a new program for carriers that makes quick pay rates uh, more competitive. Select carrier. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So we did a survey with you guys at the beginning of this year, and it, what we were trying to find out is. Um, you know, what rates do carriers want to pay? And we saw that carriers will pay, you know, 2% or less for quick pay. And so that's what we offer on our platform. And then there are some larger carriers who are getting even cheaper rates than that in factoring companies. So this allows us to be more competitive in terms of pricing um, for factoring companies in order to really bridge that gap and bring carriers back together with brokers. So it's kind of like a dynamic pricing model, if you will. 
Haley, what's going on in this Zoom room? Carly is 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 beating the drum to go in the uh, to head over to Zoom. It sounds really exciting. It's uh, what is it? Coffee and try and pay coffee in Zoom. What happens in there? Um, well, I guess you'll just have to go to, to check it out. And see. Yeah, I just, uh, with this virtual conference, you know, we're just trying all kinds of new things. It's it's so new for everyone. You know, what works? How can we talk with people? We're really missing that engagement. And we found that the Zoom room was was really awesome. We just posted in there. Come, we all miss the conference coffee. Some of us do. So we're like, come in. We'll set you up with the with a complimentary coffee, love to chat with you. And it's been great. You know, we've met some brokers in there. We've met some new vendors that we haven't met before and connected with them on LinkedIn. And it was just a way for us to facilitate that in-person, you know, somewhat conversation that you can't really have right now. Well, well, aside from the Zoom, where should we send them after this show? Absolutely. Go to tryandpay.com and then also follow us on LinkedIn. We post a ton of updates there. Excellent. Thank yeah, you. Best of luck with your move. Uh, stay safe, drive safe, and uh, don't take too many boxes. Awesome. We'll do. Thanks. <laughs> what was Thanks, Hope's Haley. slogan? If, it, if it, there's a lot of weight, it's my freight. She'll move your freight? If you got a lot of weight, let us move your freight. There we go. That's there we go. All right, everyone. Let's so move. Coming up, we oh, are not done. We are not done. I know it's getting into the eaves of nighttime. It's it almost is. dinner time for many of you. But we got some programs for you to chow down on next. Fireside Chat, the importance of leadership in a crisis with Ramona Hood from FedEx Custom Critical yeah. and Latoya Palmer from the Palmer Law Group. Then after that, Sonar. Yeah, we got Sonar Broker uh, Benchmarking with yeah. George Abernathy and uh, yeah, Todd Davis. The ab man. Yeah, Absolutely. What, what, what's G. going on in the... Uh, that is G. Can you tease it? What's going on in the... So, uh, broker benchmarking. So, uh, like the benchmarking tool we had in there before, the sta- uh, um, stack up, uh, brokers can then, uh, within this platform, compare their results against anonymously against their peer groups. Oh, right? wow. So, kind of go back and benchmark and see how you're operating versus other and how the best of the best are operating and compare your, your numbers versus theirs. Hey, I worked for... I worked for a 4PL before coming to FreightWaves, and I can tell you, the uh, being a part of an agnostic 4PL, having them look at your freight, saves companies a ton of oh, yeah. money. It's, it's always amazing. Sometimes it's so shocking. They're like, wait, we don't believe this. We'll be back to wrap this up later on, but check out those next two programs that we talked about. And then, of course, stick around for the icebreaker after the show. Yeah, absolutely. Stick around. Peace and love. Thank we'll you, TruckStop.com. That's right. Let's move. You are listening <laughs> to what?